Hey guys, welcome to Call Her Crazy. I'm Nikki. And I'm Sammy. We have a special guest with us today. You may know her from attending all the TVD conventions or for being an amazing singer, actress, and model. This episode will be broken into two parts. This episode will be diving into getting to know who our special guest is on the inside and out while learning about her successful career life. Please welcome Taylor Murphy Sinclair. Hi, Taylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, ladies. Thank you for having me. So we just wanted to start by getting to know you and letting our audience get to know you. So if you wanted to tell us a little bit about how um, you would define yourself versus how others describe you. Ooh, how I would define myself versus how others describe me. Um, I would define myself as really, really like soft hearted and sensitive and just soft to the world um but the feedback i tend to hear from other people um is that i come across as pretty like confident and assertive which is interesting because i don't feel that way at all i feel like such a softy um, can you tell us what your childhood was like yeah um i had in a sense, like two different childhoods. On the one hand, it was really great. Um, I was able to do a lot of things, you know, that most kids like weren't able to do. Like I was able to go to Hawaii every summer with my parents and I, you know, grew up in a beautiful house and I never wanted for anything. And I always had, you know, anything I needed right there. But I also had really early onset childhood mental illness. So it's like, on the one hand, I had this really charmed life. And then on the other hand, I suffered a lot. So that's always kind of a mixed bag question. It's like, what's your childhood like? I'm like, it was unique. <laughs> we'll go into that later, I'm sure. So, I mean, what were you like as a kid? Oh my God. I was so fearful. Just like, Oh my God. I love, I was really, I loved musical theater. That was my life. I wanted to be alone and like sing the Rent album in my room I, into the woods. Like I just wanted to just like be alone on the playground singing into the woods. Like I loved to read. I loved theater. Um, I wasn't very social. So I was kind of afraid of people. Um, but I was just, Oh, such a weird kid, just so nervous. I always think about this picture of myself, like at a family reunion, everyone else is smiling and I'm making a fit. I'm grimacing and my hands are clutched really tightly together. You can just see the anxiety, like on my face, my jaw is so tight. And I'm just like a nervous wreck about something. So I was always, my stomach always hurt. I always felt faint. I was always just drowning in anxiety i was such a fearful kid um but then i also had a lot of varied interests so i was a weirdo you know yeah i get that i when i was younger my mom literally elementary school she would have to shove me through the the school doors oh. be like take her she's your problem now and i scream <laughs> crying i'd be like no no and they finally like convinced me like hey you can have a photo of your mom and dad on your desk would that help you make you oh. i don't know if i was I like, the same way really the separation anxiety yeah. is so real when you're little i'm using middle school oh interesting you're staying yeah. late yeah i'm probably a little bit out. preschool but middle school i got a lot oh worse I, like, I don't know if it was like 
being bullied on the bus. Probably. Well, so you know, like, that's gonna sound disgusting, but like the phlegm from like milk. Yes. yes. I mean, I had a cereal every morning, and then I couldn't, I couldn't eat, couldn't eat in the mornings after that. And then I couldn't get on the bus, so my dra- my dad would drive me to school every day. Mm-hmm. That like what? That is so funny. I hated getting on the bus, mm-hmm. but not for yeah that same reason. I don't know. But... I mean, I was bullied, and then. My dad was just it got into the habit, so he did it for like I think the next two years, and then I got into the habit of my stomach hurt, and they would send me home. Oh, oh yes! Oh my god, my stomach hurts every day. I'm still doing that. I'm still using that as an excuse. So I did that literally for a year straight. They would just okay. send me home. You know what? This makes me feel better. Yeah, about I did. My, we're not alone. And I feel like you think about it now as you're older, and I'm like, geez, I have such crazy anxiety. Oh, so tightly wound. I ache all the time, trying to go home, crying, and I don't want to leave my parents. We're going to get real deep, okay? We are. (laughs) I think I was in second grade. My grandma died on my mom's side. First time someone in my family immediate died. I refused to leave the house. I cried when my mom would leave or my dad because I thought they would not come back. They would. I was a mess. I wouldn't. That went on from I think second grade up until fifth, sixth grade for middle school. And I just like couldn't sleep alone. I was terrified. I took medicine to leave the house because my stomach would just hurt. Mm -hmm. I took Melanta everywhere I went. Do you guys remember that like bubblegum flavored liquid that was supposed to settle your stomach? Yes. No. I took that all the time. That's so crazy. I know. It's so sad. Imagine being a parent and like, we are your child. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't know what to do with her. She's crying. Her stomach's hurting. She can't leave the house. I mean, I just like, I wonder if I ever end up with a child. I'm like, oh no, I'm so sorry. I don't even know what's for. I don't know how you're going to be. Imagine my children. Sorry in advance. I am a handful and I can only imagine. Hopefully, they're more like Jimmy than they are me. I remember, like, about a year after my grandma died, I was, like, still, like, upset in school and stuff. And my teacher was like, it happened a year ago. Why don't you just get over it? Whoa. Jeez. Yeah. Fired? Fired. That's a fireable offense. Just being a child that way. Yep. Still remember it to this day. That's something you don't forget. Find her on Facebook and shoo her out. Be like, listen, miss, whatever. (laughs) You traumatized me for life. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Then I got into the habit of, uh, I don't feel well. I can go home. Yep. Did it every day. My one teacher was like, like, are you okay? Like, you leave school all the time. And then people would start catching on. I'm like, yeah. Like, I, I think literally it's a chronic stomach like, illness. You have chronic pains. <laughs> yeah. Not in me making it up at all. Yeah, obviously, it even went into high school for me. But it came to the point where I lived so close to my high school. And I would just text my mom. Be like, listen. I don't feel good. Well, do you really not feel good? <laughs> no, I, I just, I, I want to go home. I really don't. Okay, go to the nurse. Tell him you don't feel good. Tell him that you're throwing up. Go in the bathroom. Have mm-hmm. him call me, and I'll tell him you can walk home. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, I just, issues. Issues. I know. That feels like a whole other life. It does. It really does. Graduated high school. What year are we in? Graduated high school 13 years ago. It feels like another wow. life. I know. I was 2008. Is that 15 years ago? Yeah. Is that joking? I graduated <laughs> high school in 2017. You know what? You be quiet. <laughs> okay. I have perfect attendance in high school. Never left early. 
Dang. Not I. Yeah, not me either. Not I. I, I couldn't. Like, even if I was sick, I had to be there if I missed something. It would freak me out. That's dedicated. I just couldn't do it. So on the topic of, I guess, kind of <laughs> high school, did you uh, play any sports? Were you oh, involved in anything? Oh, I was oh most embarrassing what? child. Okay, so I did not play any sports. I was absolutely terrible, uncoordinated, um, and, again, full of fear. So I heard PE, I mean, what I did in eighth grade, I remember this specifically, right, yeah. to get out of PE. Well, it was to get an A in PE. Um, I had my period in every day of eighth grade, first of all, to get out of PE. <laughs> Mr. Edwards, I would always say the time I watch him and I was like my best actress self, and I'd be like, it's, it's an end day. And he'd be like, oh, whoa, whoa, nice. Okay, sit down. So anyway, I had participated in any of the sports in order to get an A and PE. I wrote a paper, I wrote a research paper. It was like 15 pages, and that's how I got my A and PE. Um, I did not do any sports, but I was captain of the debate team, and I did speech forensics for all four years and competed and traveled and um that i think was some of the best preparation i had for my future for my career for uh, so many different sets of life skills i got from speech and debate so make your kids do speech it was it was so useful for me but that really took up all my time in high school we had a theater program but it wasn't very good so i did um, community theater outside. So I would go to school, you know, like nine to three or whatever. And I'd be at the theater from like three to 10 every night. And that was my life. Yeah. I didn't do any sports. I didn't. That's something. Twirled for a little. I even went to a school for it. Can't do anything with it in life. So, <laughs> dang. Of course, I'm good at something you can't. Something useless. But hey, at least it looks cool. It, it's fun too until you get smacked in the face with it, but that's another story. I had a note every time for gym class that I just didn't feel well. <laughs> yeah, got out of it. Came time for oh, swim. I got a doctor's office and I was allergic to chlorine, and they believe that shit. Oh, and I did not have to swim. I didn't want to be seen in a bathing suit because I, I was like rolling boobs in like second grade. So the thought of like being in a bathing suit in front of my peers was like so beyond mortifying. I was not going to do it. So yeah, my my doctor, my pediatrician wrote me a doctor's note said I was allergic to chlorine and I didn't do a single day of swim. That's amazing. A lot of people did that in my high school. Really? Yeah. I've never heard that. It was yep, just, I've heard just walk into the swim room or the pool room, whatever, and you'd see all the girls sitting on the, ble the bleachers and I'd be like, ah, I have my... Yeah, I am um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not how my school works. That was uh, if you had it, you got to make it up or you're going to fail. <laughs> you to after school to do swim. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then you have to get your hair wet. It's just like mortifying. I had wet hair at school all day. It's humiliating. I had swim, I think, second or third period. I had first. First yep. period. That's bad. I was like, please, no. Well, I guess you don't have to get a shower first. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I could just yeah. later, I guess. So, uh, uh, what um, what did or does your parents like do when they when you're a child versus now? For like a living, yeah. Um, my dad's a lawyer. He practices personal injury, plaintiff work, and uh, criminal defense. My mom is his head paralegal and office manager. He's super badass. Um, yeah, both both of my parents are like highly intelligent and really high work ethic. So they they still work. My dad is seventy seven years old. He still practices full time. 
Um, he's always like, I'll retire when I'm dead. And we're like, ha ha, don't say that. Um, even though it's probably true. Um, yeah, so they have their own law practice. Murphy's Law, ha ha. Um, and uh, isn't that good? And um, and yeah, so the office was like a huge part of my childhood. I used to, um, when I was a kid, like before I got sent to preschool, I was always in the office and always bothering the secretaries, always under their desks, always running around. And yeah, it's interesting how like the law and my parents' relationship to the law has, like, shaped a lot of my personality. And I see it more and more, like, as I age. And now that true crime is kind of a craze, like, I've been watching Forensic Files since I was, like, four. Like, I used to take out my mom's blush brush and, like, dust for fingerprints, like, on the dishwasher, you know? I'd be, like, looking or whatever. And when, like, certain serial killers would be on the TV, I'd be like, Dad! Dad, Tommy Lynn Fowles is on the TV and he's slit this girl's throat. And I'd be like, six. <laughs> we were like, oh, yikes. I remember, like, my parents would have trial exhibits, you know, laid out, like, on the living room floor. And it would be these horrible pictures of, like, a burn victim or something. And my mom would wow. say to me, which looks worse to you, you know, the right hand or the left? Just a weird... <laughs> That's so weird. I mean, I'm kind of obsessed with that stuff now. I always I still like, land. Like, like ID. I love watching ID. Oh, yeah. I could watch that all day. My like, first like, professional acting job was an investigation discovery episode. It was Unusual Suspects. I poisoned my husband. I love that show. It was Maritime Murder. I was 22. It was what? It was Unusual Suspects, and the episode name was Maritime Murder. I don't know if you can find it anywhere, but I poisoned my husband in the Navy. When he was out at sea, I sent him baked goods. Sorry to spoil I... it, but... Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited right now. I was so excited to get that, that job. I love it, too. I love Unusual Suspects. I mean, I've, I've been watching ID since its um, inception, and... Oh my God. I was so, when I got that job, I was so thrilled. I was so freaking excited. Ugh. Was that your first paying job? That was like my first paying film job. Yeah. Oh, so what was your first paying job ever? And Gosh, how long were you? I got a little bit. Okay. So my first paying, paying job is I taught theater. I taught drama for ages four to eight at my local theater. That was like my first like job job. Um, I had real ones. I was 15. I think. Oh my God, that's awesome. It was great. Wow. I loved it. And some of those girls now, um, still do theater. And that, oh, that's amazing. Well, yeah, I can't even tell you. That's my heart. Thanks to you. Partially, I'm thinking of one girl in particular who, I mean, now she's doing professional theater, like, as an actress, and, like, I was her first ever, like, exposure to it. It makes me want to cry. And she's, like, so talented. She just, like, went on to, like, soar. And I was like, oh, my God. I love that. Oh. So we're going to, we kind of want to get into about uh, your looks, because we're kind of obsessed with your hair and I your love makeup. You. So do you have a hair care routine and can you tell us kind of what you do for your makeup and what products you use? I do. Okay. <laughs> I love makeup. I've always loved it. 
growing up in theater means you learn to put it on early and put it on right. So it stays. Um, so I'll go through the list, right? Let me see. Okay, so for foundation, I use Bare Minerals, the powder, and I really pack it on there. People are always like, oh, I tried Bare Minerals. It didn't work for me. I'm like, well, how much did you put on? <laughs> it should be enough. Pieces are like, oh, my God, what's all over the floor? I'm like, back off. It's my powder. Because like, it just flies off the cakes. Um, I like Makeup Forever Concealer. And I bake that with Laura Mercier setting powder, translucent, loose setting powder. Um, I'll use any eyeshadow. I'm not picking up that. Believe it or not, Revlon Colorstay Eyeliner is the best, even though it's drugstore and it's super cheap. I love it. Um, mascara, they're real from Benefit. Um, blush, I have a tart palette and also contour. I do soft contour, but I don't do a ton just because I kind of got a sharp face. You know what I mean? So it's like normally people contour to make cheekbones. So I'm trying to get less. You know what I mean? I'm trying to do like, the opposite. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the tart palette for some light contour and blush. And then I'm going through this lipstick like crisis right now because <laughs> they, okay, so I wore for like 15 years Hourglass Nude 6. That was the lip color I used. They stopped making it. Mm -hmm. So now I'm just, I have bought like 20 nude lipsticks. Some I bought for myself, some my mom got for me, some my sister got for me. And I'm just going through and trying to find the closest to nude six. Um, right now I have like uh, something from NARS. It's like a translucent lip shade, but I do like NARS. And then for fake eyelashes, I use um, Kiss and it's the free, um, it's like three lashes per strip. So it's not the full strip, it's the partial strips. Have you ever gotten eyelash extensions? I never have. That's an expensive habit. Like, I don't need to. Yeah. I, I have too many expensive I, habits if we want to talk about the I've, I've done it and I. I mean, I loved it. You're like, I look amazing. You're right. It's expensive. I had to stop and it was terrible because then they would just start falling out. Uh -huh. Like, growing, not falling out, growing out. And then. Okay. <laughs> And you have one eyelash that's long and one eyelash that's short. Um, hair wise, I in like 2017, I was like, I'm gonna get extensions one time. <laughs> oh, delusional. And I was like, I'm gonna get extensions one time, and then I became addicted. So the ones I have in right now are for length and color. Well, I'm here. Um, short two inches. Uh, <laughs> they are hand tied, so they're sewn in. They're not taped. Can you even notice? Yeah, they're really good, right? My girl. Shout out to Natalie Highlander with Hair by Highlander. She's the best. Um, and so yeah, she ties my extensions in for me. Gives me so much more volume. I have a lot of hair, but it's super fine. So it's like baby hair. It's so fragile. Um, and so I've been adding a lot of like highlights to my hair recently. And if I bleach my own hair blonde, it's gonna fall out of my head. So. Um, that's what the extensions are there for, but I'm addicted and can't stop, won't stop. I try not to wash it very often. That's hard. I guess like every like three days or something, I wash it. And yeah. What's it like brushing it? Just a regular brush. It's just totally regular. I use a silk pillowcase. Helps not get it all ruffled and, and uh, crunchy, but... I mean, I have to live in the house with Chase, so that's like the best hair. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> It's a joke. You were in there. This oh, yeah. And then we all like, oh, I dry shampooed the hell. Like, it's greasy. Because like, he doesn't, I don't know. When he has short hair, he can wash it once a week and it never looks greasy. Now that it's longer, it's like looking greasy. And I'm like, do you know how I identify the signs of grease like in your own hair? And he's like, well, why? And I'm like, well, because like you seem to know where the dry shampoo is in the house. And yeah, 
Is it true what he said that if you put any kind of makeup on him, you're uh, practically violent? <laughs> yes. <laughs> my friend Summer in high school used to call it angry flicks. My friend, my eye makeup, she's like, oh my god, angry flicks. And I guess I am angry, but I don't, I mean, I'm just trying to get the job done. Yeah. You're having a match, this is so good. So, like, sometimes for auditions, Especially men will wear makeup, it'll even out the skin tone in the camera. And so Chase never has any makeup that matches his skin. So I was like, okay, well, let's go to Sephora and get you matched to Sephora. And then he fucking scanned positive for Fenty Beauty. And I don't know why I think that is so funny. So he's wearing a Fenty shade, light to medium coverage. He won't wear it. And I was like, you know, you could wear it out. Oh, I don't think so. Um, and I was like, well, it looks good. If we can wear it, why can't you? That's so funny. Everyone likes a clear complexion. Absolutely. <laughs> so when it's not your hair or makeup or uh, what do you do in your downtime? Question. I, my whole life is like about my dog, really. So that's what I do in my downtime. That dog, my worm. I love her so much. I, I rescued that dog after um, she had been treated with like four different foster families, and she always got back every single time from hiding. She's a dog. Yeah, she did a bit of consistency. Um, in the hands, not in like the face or anything, but still bad. She had been she had really bad abuse like her first year, and then she was transferred to all these foster families. And um, I saw her picture on like a newsletter through Dogs Without Borders, which was the place I rescued her from. And as soon as I saw her, I was in no position to get a dog. As soon as I saw her, I was like, oh my God, that's my dog. Because at my friend Becca's house, I started crying. She's like, what? What's wrong? <laughs> and I was like, and uh, so I like drove like an hour to get her like the next day. And I begged my sister and her at the time boyfriend, now her husband, to help me because I didn't have time for a dog. And I said yes, and now unfortunately she shared her custody. So I shot myself in the foot because now she she goes to them like three weeks when she comes back to me. So my downtime. Yes. Yeah. She's my dog. I'm like my mind is adoption paper. So I don't want to run that really. Um but yeah, that's I just like I love her so much and I like love to be with her. So I have an email him. I literally I just want to sit down with her and pet her and get attention to her. Um we have little puzzles too. She shakes up puzzles. So, so we sit puzzles together, together and she just sits by me and I have a puzzle. I love what else do I do? Um, I have a coloring app and like oh my god. I love I have a very job about that. Um my dad used to build like going about like, plays and seeing all the people and now I'm like thirty three and tired, so I just like shout out with my dog and do my puzzles and that's what I do at 24. Oh, so. <laughs> I'm like, give me some like bad reality TV. Like, I haven't watched Dr. Phil every day since so I was kids. So it's just like, give me Dr. Phil episode in the pool. Judge Judy. Judge Judy looks like my grandma. Does she really? I want to meet your grandma. I try to get your grandma's autograph. Anywhere else. Okay, when people are like, who would you ever go to a convention to see? Fucking Judge or Dr. Phil. That's how invested I am in their lives, and I know way too much. Way too much, and I care too much about everything about Dr. Phil and his wife. And I would totally meet him. That's amazing. Have you ever met Eva Peters? 
No. no. Why, why is that name familiar? American Horror Yes. yes. Just, I've, I've never, never yes. Yes. I've never met him, but yes, I remember him from the first season of American Horror Story, and I really liked his acting in it. We ha- yeah. Is that <laughs> something you would like? We have a shared obsession, I feel. Yeah. He's, he's great. great in the first season of American Horror Story. He's so it's eerie. That's, that's the only season that I have watched. Yeah. No, I haven't watched it. Oh, what? I know. Um, I know a couple people that were in it. My friend Gabe was in it, but it was a really small role and I ended up cutting him, him, unfortunately. But I think maybe that's why I have a little salt towards John. Uh, it's a good time. It was yeah. done very well. He, very he well. did. He did. He did He's got such an eerie quality about him. I can imagine him being fantastic. Have you watched uh, The Vampire Diaries, the originals, or Legacies? No. <laughs> <laughs> I watched I watched Chase's Chase's is on Discord right now. Um, Chase has a Discord where, like, hands, hang out, chat, stuff, and we'll do, like, movie nights or whatever. So every so often we have, like, an original viewing. Um, so we've seen a half of Chase's episodes. I think that might have been good that I haven't made it because when I met everybody, I just didn't care. But I think if I would have been really into the show, and have had to meet people, I would have been like, but no, no. So, but my, my sister is obsessed. She's obsessed with Amber Diaries. I keep trying to get her and her husband to come to a convention. I'm like, well, introduce me to everybody, this and that. They might come to New Orleans, fingers crossed. Oh, just to go to New Orleans. Would be I know, New Orleans, especially for the convention. How cool would that be? So, I, I, do, I know I do need to watch it. What was it like for you attending your first con for the TVD? My first con was, um, well, technically, my first con for a moment was Burbank in 2019. Um, when I had first started hanging out with Chase, but I didn't, I was just there to like, because he like invited me to this thing, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, that guy, like, I think that guy likes me, and he like invited me to this thing. And I that day, but I didn't really. I watched him host like on Sunday, basically, but it was very like minor. I mostly hung out with him backstage. My first real con experience was TBD New Jersey in 2021, and I was like, I was just gonna come once and see like what you do for work and check out. So you know, when you talk to me about it, I have reference for what you're meaning and um and then by like day two i was like addicted i was like addicted to the environment i was addicted to the people i was like having so much fun now i come to every single one and people are always like why do you come to these and i'm like why wouldn't i come to these like it's basically a free vacation with my friends now you know and it's like i love i love seeing the fan interaction I love watching Chase get, like, attention and, like, admiration. It makes me feel so good. Makes him feel good. It's just a really fun environment and a really good group of people. And I just love it. So from your, so from 2021, that's the con we met at. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. VIP. We had together. I love that. Friends since. Friends ever since. That's what happened. You know, you're not like coming now just to see our friends. And yes. Like connect with people. It's, and hang out. it's fun. And you know what? Karaoke on the concert. It's fun. I agree. It's fun to do. We did both agree that if Chase and Micah were not hosts, it'd be different. I like them I as hosts. I enjoyed the two of them. Like, they have such good chemistry together, too. They're like, such good friends. They get along so, like... Chase is so tightly wound, and Micah is so laid back. Like, it's, like, the perfect pairing, because 
I don't know what would annoy Micah. I've never even seen him have a momentary short temper for a second. And, you know, Chase, if you don't respond to Chase's text immediately, he'll send you 15 more. So, and Micah's just so laid back. Like, they're a really good pair, and they balance each other out really well. So, I like their chemistry, too, as hosts. I think they make it special. So, from 2021 to now... What's it like for you? Like, oh, it's totally different. It's totally different. I'm like a little bit part of the team in a way. Um, Because there are things I participate in. Like I do the acoustic jam. I do the concert. I do. I try to like help chase as much out as much as possible. Basically, he he likes me to come around because he's a lot more introverted than I am. Like in a meet and greet scenario, for example, I'll talk to like a brick wall. It'll just be there like staring at you until you say something, you know? So I kind of started feeling awkward and was like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to take any time or space or whatever. Um, but now I'm just in it to win it, I guess. And I'm like <laughs> part of it. I almost feel like, I almost feel like I'm coming to work in a way, but like fun yeah. work. And, you know, you get to know the people and you get to see them again and they get to know you. And I've, got a lot of supporters of my work that came from this pool of people that as a way to support Chase, sort of an extension of that, were interested in my work, looked into it, and then became supporters of mine, which is really, I'm really grateful for that. I love it. I was going to say, since you were describing Micah and Chase, do you think Chase would fall for a prank if you called him saying, I lost my phone? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You would probably whose phone, whose phone are you on? He's crafty, He's crafty like that. Chase is really everything about technology. It's kind of crazy. He's like fixated on it. He knows everything like about computers, building computers, taking things apart, putting them together. So I feel like he might catch on on the phone ring, but I feel like there are probably other pranks I could like get him on. I don't know what I'll have to think. <laughs> we should do one tonight. We, we should. should. <laughs> and they'll be like, hey, I lost my phone. They're like, oh, where are you calling from? <laughs> we have to do something. <laughs> we should. <laughs> All right. Now, now, California? Okay. Oh, cool. So now, California. Have you lived there your whole life? My whole life. Same area? Close. Um, I grew up in San Luis Obispo County, which is like... Central coast of California, like equidistant between Los Angeles and San Francisco. Okay. And then when I was 18, I moved to Los Angeles and I've been there ever since. So now I'm 33 and I'll be 34 this year. So uh, math is not my subject, but uh, oh my own. Like 15 years? <laughs> Something like that. Um, yeah, it would, it would be hard for me to leave California. I love it so much. It has everything. Yeah. I'm like, it's so good there. Just People visit California, they're like, I loved it. I'm like, I know you should live here. It's the best. What's your favorite thing about it? Uh, I mean, so cliche, but like the weather. Like, I don't own a coat. I don't have to own a coat. Like, love coats. There's, there's no, no need. need. I mean, they look very horrible, but like, there's no need to have one. It's just like such a mild climate. Um, everyone, like, especially in LA, public transit is not a thing. And I love having my own car, driving my own car, and the privacy of my own little cubicle. Um, I love I, Los Angeles, I really love, and I have really grown to love it because each little individual area is its own community it's like Beverly Hills is so different than Silver Lake is so different than Pasadena is so different than Santa Monica like it's 
I mean, here's a really small example. Before we came to New Jersey for this convention, it was like the night before, and I was I had snaggly nails, and I was like, I need a nail appointment. And I called, and some place was open until 10.30 p.m. And they had a Pomeranian in there. Like, it just, I was like, this is Los Angeles, and this is why I love it. I was like, I'm getting my nails in at 10.30, and I'm holding a Pomeranian. Like, nowhere else in the world. There's so much diversity, diversity of, like, culture, people, food, thoughts. Um it's just an exciting place to be. And the town I grew up in is beautiful. It's like mountains, beaches, vineyards. So who doesn't like that? Yes. Dude, I really want to go to California. You have to. Really want to. You Will you get on a plane and go with me? I've been. I don't think I'll yeah. go back. <laughs> oh, why not? I hate flying. Oh, well. Oh, yeah. Not a fan. It was a long flight, too. I know. I've flown I'm about to take it tomorrow. California a few times. Vegas a few times. Arizona. I don't like that flight. I'd rather not do it again. What's the best places to visit in California? Ooh, are we talking, like, for scenery? Or more, like, arts and theater? Or, like, cityscapes? What are we talking about? How about your favorite place yeah. to visit in California? My favorite places. I love Santa Barbara. That's, that's like equidistant between where I grew up and Los Angeles. Oprah has a house there, so you know it's good. Um, it's a coastal town. It's absolutely beautiful. There's a university there. But it's just like perfect weather, beautiful beaches. Or just the whole town is is like crafted in this beautiful, like modern Spanish style. So everything looks really coherent. Everything's manicured. I love clean, beautiful stuff. Um, which is funny because I love Los Angeles, but there's parts of that that are like awful. Um, I would say Malibu is a beautiful place to visit. The beach is gorgeous, the cliffs are gorgeous. San Francisco used to be one of my favorite cities, now it's kind of it's a little bit in the hole right now, but I love, I love that city. I love how it looks. I love Fisherman's Wharf. I love, like, its proximity to the ocean. Go there. San Diego's gorgeous in California all the way at the bottom. It's to Mexico. Yeah, it's really, I mean, if you're a beach person, like, I'm just totally a beach person because that's what I grew up around. If you like beaches, if you like water, it's just so nice. The water's freezing, don't get me wrong. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> jump in there without a wetsuit, but it's gorgeous. What's the traffic like in LA? It's horrible. <laughs> Everything you hear, like every stereotype about LA traffic being bad, is it's a stereotype for a reason. It'll be, I mean, we're so used to accounting for traffic. You know, there's that SNL skit, the Californians, where it's like all these people at a party, and it's like, how did you get here? And they're like, oh, I took the 405 to 101, off and got 34. And it's so true. That's what we talk about. All about the route you took, the route oh, you found. I'm always like, oh, my God. I guess that, like, during the pandemic, I was like, oh, my God. I made it from Beverly Wood to West Hollywood in 12 minutes today. And Chase was like, no fucking way. <laughs> it was such a big deal. Um, the traffic is terrible. And it really, I mean, okay, I could drive somewhere that takes 15 minutes on a day without traffic. And then on a day with traffic, it could be two hours. I'm not exaggerating. Whoa. Wow. It's awful. That is something I do not like. But you learn to route around it. It's weird. It's, it becomes such traffic becomes such a part of your life and your day, and thus it's something you plan for. So you usually get places on time because you've left so early. You know, because you're like, oh, if it's 45 minutes of traffic, then it's going to be 15 minutes for parking. Parking situation, disaster. 
So, so much of your life is spent calculating like traffic and parking. It's like astounding. Jesus. What's your favorite food to get in California? Oh, all the food. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like a door dasher. It's so naughty. Oh, it's, it's so, so bad. I'm not even in California and I'm a door dasher, so it's better there. So. <laughs> so actually, LA does have really good food and they have everything. It's just food you want to try. Wanna try. Like, you, you want to try, try, like, food from any of the style? There's a place 15 minutes from you that serves that food. Like, right now I have been. What? Uh, yeah, yeah you, okay, so just like pick an African country. 15 minutes, there's a restaurant that serves it. Like, I thought of that in particular because I tried something called Conseil recently. I think that's how you pronounce it. And it's like this chicken, peanut butter, rice. Oh, gosh, so bad. Right. And you know, it's so bizarre. Together, but three things that I like. So, peppers, and it's like, oh, it's kind of like a stew. Oh my God, so good. I'm. I love Asian food, Japanese, Thai, a lot of good Thai food in LA, a lot of great Mexican food in LA. Do you like Mexican food, which I definitely do. And there's like, you know, there's traditional Mexican and then being with Chase, like he's from the South, he's from Louisiana. So like he likes this very odd thing called Tex-Mex. I have weird things like ground beef tacos. I never heard of such a thing. They don't do that. You know? That's not Mexican food, you know what I mean? So he's like, oh yeah, like I want the ground beef enchilada. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. I have that too. Um, yeah, I've been, on, I've been on kind of a sushi kick lately and Ellie does have really good sushi. There's a couple... Um, a couple like celebrity sushi chefs out there that are really good. There's a place called Kazumori in Westwood that does hand rolls. That's all they do. Oh, unbelievable. It's like cold fish, hot rice, rice, crispy seaweed. I have to go out there for sushi. It's the best. It's the best. I want it right now. What's something that California doesn't have that New Jersey does? That's a good question. Um, you guys, oh, I, I haven't really been outside in New Jersey because on these con weekends, we're in this convention center the whole yes, time. I haven't taken a breath of fresh air. No, I haven't either. Thursday. Same. It's Sunday. It's nasty out though. It has been raining. It has been raining, yeah, but, but I feel like I've just been breathing Marriott air. <laughs> we have no, breathing Marriott air. I do prefer, though, conventions at the same hotel. What do you mean? Like where everything's together. I think that's why I enjoy this that much more too, this yeah. particular convention, this creation yeah. one, just because I'm here, I'm staying here, I'm staying. here, yes. food here. I don't got to leave your room when you need something. I know, like, something. I don't, don't got to leave. These are all bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That was a thing, like, sometimes when, so for the last convention that we went to, pre-creation for I Was Feeling Epic, they had us in this gorgeous hotel in Atlanta, which was great, right? right? But Atlanta's far from Covington. Yeah. So once you're there, you're there. It doesn't matter if you forgot something, too bad. They bust all the talent out pretty much at the same time. So, like, you forgot something, too bad. Like, you want to take a nap? No. You know, I was, like, drinking energy drinks. And I was like, oh, we're staying in such a nice hotel. So it's like, on the one hand, it's awesome. And on the other hand, I'm like, oh, I wish the convention was inside this hotel. So I could go up to the room for just, like, a minute. Plus, it's, like, weird weather in Georgia, so you don't really know what to you know, I brought the wrong stuff, and I was cold and hot, and then you can't go back to your room and get a sweatshirt, you know. So pros and cons to, like, being on site at, at a place versus, like, within the hotel. It's, like, especially being inside for a convention. Yes. 
because you don't have to contend with the elements. And you don't know, you could spend hundreds of thousands of dollars winning your convention, and that's what I mean. We're turning. Everyone just laughed and was like, oh, I got my hair for my photo op. This was boring. And everyone's, oh, my God, everyone's hair looked awful. I felt so, I was like, I'm so sorry. So just like, no salvaging it. It's boring. Oh, my God. Don't tell me. I already got my hair inside. Sure. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah, yeah that'll be nice. Yeah. Especially in the winter, because then you really don't know. Yeah. It could be, it could be in the fifties or it could be in the twenties. So. You, you have no idea. How is Hawaii? Oh, it's amazing. You said you go every year. So nice. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, I did, um, and I still try to come as much as I can as an adult. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be able to come this year. We thought it was just a lot of traveling and too much stuff back to back. You guys were just there, right? You were just, just there. there. It was going to be Father's Day, and we were like, "Well, I'm like, let's look up some tickets and see." Um, and they actually ended up being super cheap because we waited until the super last minute. So we went and surprised my dad, and it was really fun. My dad, my brother, um, my sister, my brother-in-law, my mom, and us all in our little condo together. Sorry, my is like, are you okay? Are you coming up? I'm like, <laughs> Do you have any other favorite places you like to travel to? Ireland. It's one of my favorite place ever. Have you been more than once? Yes. Oh, no, I want to go back so bad. Is the place you've traveled to? No, no farthest I think. Okay, okay. Hey, you're in geography. Is not my I want to see France. I think I studied abroad for a whole summer in Paris. When I was there, I traveled around a lot. I was like, well, I did Amsterdam, Edinburgh, Ireland, of course. Um, but I've never been. I really want to go. Oh, I did go to Germany for German Comic Con. I just appeared there. That was cool. Um, that was this so maybe Germany was, yeah, was it this year or last? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was eight. Oh, no, maybe last year. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we were there for like 36 hours. The time difference, I was like, oh, my God. I was so scared. So maybe Germany is the furthest. Um, I would have liked to stay there longer and really experience it. But European cons are a different animal. I, I believe I it. feel like they're way more relaxed. They are, well, okay, so here's what I hear. Here's the gossip I hear. Brazilians are the craziest. As cons in Brazil, they lose their damn minds. Like, the Brazilian fan base for TV is huge. And they, like, celebrate. Like, that's, like, a big... Just a party. A huge party. Um, so that sounds fun. Like, look at that. Um, but, yeah, in, in Europe, it's just kind of, it's different. I haven't done too many European conventions, but I hope to do more, because, like, it would obviously be awesome to travel. But Comic-Con was cool, because I had a bunch of people ask me to from other pictures. Like, Alyssa Milano was there. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> 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 Nicola Osterwaldo, a.k.a. Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, my God. And then I had my first moment. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, like, a long time ago, it was my opportunity to be like, your show meant a lot to me during the pandemic. You gave me something I worked for. I look forward to it. I love your work. Thank you so much. And so I was just like, oh, the best. <laughs> <laughs> so waiting for coffee. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> humiliating. Um, Tell me. No. Uh, <laughs> it was not a cool moment. Um, I, I, saw, I think Germany, I guess. 
So how do you cope with rejection? I'm <laughs> mitigating it everywhere else. So I get so much rejection in my career that I can't, it's intolerable to me in my personal life. Um, like, I don't think I'm going to like phrase this in a way that like doesn't make me sound like insane. Um, like I, so I can handle hearing no about my career because I hear no every single day. Um, as soon as someone like doesn't like me, I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. oh my God. And I think it's just because I cope with so much rejection in one area that when it comes in a personal area, it's so intolerable. Um, I think just like, I've just learned to like be patient and not think, not ruminate too hard on it. Because if I really let myself get going, start to think, why and why haven't I? And when is it my turn? And why? I mean, that's just like a bottomless pit of um, sorrow and, you know, compare and despair. So I try not to compare where I'm at to where other people are. And I know that everybody has a really unique journey. And I try to remind myself that like whatever's going on with like, so-and-so's career over there is not my business. And my business is what's in front of me. But um, it's really hard. And it's hard to be the age I am and not, and to not have received like the recognition that I had hoped to by this point. And I've had to really readjust my definition of success and um I've, I've had to just readjust a lot of expectations because I really thought I was going to have a different trajectory than I've had um and that can be really challenging to deal with at times that was kind of dark sorry <laughs> <laughs> no but, I mean open and honest is there things that you like and enjoy about your careers or your past like things yes. you're working on now there are like i love like i love storytelling i like dedicated my life to storytelling like in whatever forms i write as well i don't write as often anymore um but i did a lot for a long time i've been sitting on a half worth poetry book for like two years my publisher is like any progress and i'm like leave me alone today <laughs> i'm not inspired right now um but i I, I enjoy, like, the connectivity that comes through. I mean, think about it. What, like, what do people do for fun? They watch TV, right? They watch movies. They do whatever. Like, it's so cool to be part of something like that. And to me, like, growing up, like, again, for me, it was theater. Like, that was, like, all that oh, mattered to me. That was all I cared about. And um, to, be to be on the other side of that and to be, you know, you know one of the people who works on, like, creating that for somebody else. It's like so exciting and I really do love that about it. And I think if I didn't love the work, I wouldn't have made it this long and I would have quit and, you know, quote unquote, gotten a real job a long time ago. Um, but I'll be, I mean, I, I'm going to be like 75 still auditioning. I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it. I always think of Ann Dowd, the actress, and she didn't really make it until she was in her mid-50s. And she was like, honestly, I just persevered until everybody else quit. And then it was my turn, and I'm like, that's a vibe, and that's what I'm going to do, you know. I'm just going to keep going until... And then we'll see. Would you say she was a role, mo role model for you? Oh, absolutely. Anybody that got success later in life has become a role model to me a huge one is tina turner did you guys watch the documentary the tina documentary no but were you crushed i was so fucking sad a lot of i even my mom was oh um, like yeah a lot of people were she really didn't 
but she didn't become Tina Turner until her late 50s. Most women are written off by that age. And not only did she become one of the biggest selling artists of all time, she, she was like a sex symbol as a woman in her late 50s. Unheard of. Oh my God, such an inspiration. There's a lot of, of people whose work I like really, really admire. And she's, I've been thinking about her a lot lately because she just passed away. But watch her, the documentary about her on Netflix. It's called Tina. It's phenomenal. And you'll just hear how hard she worked and how many times she was told no. And and totally, she really, you're never going to work. You're old, you're ugly, you're this, you're that. And I mean, she's Tina Charles. Like, yeah. But I mean, one of the original divas like so she yeah she's definitely like a huge inspiration she rest in peace <laughs> sorry i don't know that was going to be your answer <laughs> sorrow into this what was your first acting project my first like so i did a lot of theater again growing up but the real first like set i was ever on was for investigation discovery unusual suspects and it was amazing it was iconic Never forget. I was, I was so excited. My family was so excited. They had like a viewing party at their house. Oh my god! And it's so. I mean, the episode is so bad. It's so stupid. I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna watch it. You will die laughing. The poisoning. It's a close up on my hands. Sure. It's so good. I can't wait. And I am so young. Oh my god! I'm so young. I look like a baby. What was it like working on the set of Lucifer? It was great. Usually. So there's, like, the series regular cast, right, who you see on every episode. And then there's what they call the guest cast, which are the guest artists that come in to do. A small role here, maybe maybe five episodes, but they're not series regulars. Normally not separate. So it's like the series regulars have their own trailers and their own golden area and their own makeup area and their own this and that. So they had it all together. So the series regulars shared the makeup trailer and the holding area with the guest cast. So this is a really welcoming um environment like everybody was really friendly because sometimes you, you go on a set and your guest has you get like i was just talking to quincy about this last night like you get a stuffy attitude for the people like they're like annoyed that you're there they're annoyed that you don't know what you're doing you, know, you don't really know where to stand you're like oh i'm sorry sorry sorry, sorry, sorry. what's his name i'm trying to find your way around and it's a really vulnerable position because everybody else knows everybody and you don't know anybody. Yeah. And then they like he orders at you, like go stand in your mark, go stand in your mark, blah, blah, fix her hair, she has to change, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you're just, um, but like Lucifer, I felt like part of the cast for the short time that I was there. You know, it just felt like, oh, wow, I feel like I like belong. You know who my name was. Like some of the series regulars came up and introduced themselves to me, which never happens. Lucifer, um, the cast was just here. Yeah, years. they were. They were. Yeah, they were really. I didn't. My scene was with Dee Woodside. Um, he was really nice. Like, yeah, we were in, like the same holding area. He was like, oh, what's up, like, how long are you gonna? Where you from? Like, it was it was a really nice environment, and I'm like very thankful to them for making me feel so comfortable because it could have very well been the opposite. My mom is obsessed with the show. Some people love it. Yeah, my husband was really into it. My mom, I think, just liked watching him. Well, he's saying that's about it. <laughs> we all like that. So other than ID and Lucifer, what other uh, projects have you been a part of? The two that like would be most probably known are um, Keenan on NBC, that their season finale of season two. That was really great. Um, did you guys ever see, this was a Netflix show. 
it was a little niche thing. It was hashtag Black AF with um, Rashida Jones. I didn't watch it, but I know what you're talking about. You were very slobbered on that. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and then some like fun films and stuff along the way. But as for TV, that would probably be like the most well known. I've had a couple of, <sighs> and I, I booked American Horror Story in 1984, and they cut my role two days before I started filming, and they just absorbed the storyline into another character, which is, like, absolutely devastating. And then um, I know. it happened to me again last year with a show that I can't name, actually. Um, I got COVID and fired me, and that was going to be by far my biggest, by far. Um, all my scenes were with a huge... <laughs> A-list celebrity, and and I got it, and it was like a month-long audition process, and I was so hot, and then I got COVID and was fired, and I was devastated, and I haven't really booked anything since, and that was June of, of last year, so a year ago. Um, wow. Oh, man, it was close calls that were really just like... Uh, like, one step closer. Uh, you're one step closer. It's a reinforcement that you're in the right place and you're not crazy for continuing to try to move forward but um oh my god that hurts so badly i was upset for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and weeks about that um wasn't meant to be for whatever reason but and anytime i see like uh, press release for that show or like post i think i just like growing up just very well known it's uh going to be when it Okay, so as it finally comes out, yeah. Yeah, it hurts. So hopefully, hopefully it's something new soon, even though there's the writer's strike and the union striking, so we're probably going to be on ice for the remainder of the year. But hopefully when things come back into action, there will be more opportunities. But yeah, those two hurt. I'm hurt. Oh, I know, right? I'm like sitting here and like COVID too. It's not like it's yeah. really out of here. Yeah, at least well, it's not Oh, and that test result came back and she called me, like the health officer called me at like midnight. I, we had a friend of Chase is staying with us. And so I was trying to act, like I don't know her super well. So I was trying to act like not extremely upset. But I was like devastated and like just wanted to be alone and like wanted her out of my house and wanted everyone out of my house. And I was so sad. And I like told my parents and everything. I mean, it was like a huge deal and then it was no longer a deal. So it was a bummer. Thank you. It was a bummer. Like it does get better, like with time. Like I don't think about it as much anymore. But oh, in the moment it hurt. I mean, at least you didn't get fired for. Acting. That's yeah. very yeah. true. I didn't get fired for acting or being an a-hole, so <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, that's the work. That glass half full. Exactly. This concludes part one. Thank you so much for listening. You can tune into part two where we dive a little deeper into Taylor's personal life with her mental health, sexuality, and relationship with Chase Coleman this coming Monday. You can find us on Instagram at callhercrazypod, where your hosts, Sammy and Nikki, with Call Her Crazy. Call Her Crazy!